in life, sometimes you have to have someone there to help you. You have mm. to give something up to allow them to help carry you to the top. And uh, don't be afraid of having, you know, individuals in your life that will help you and, uh, and get you to that peak. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I have a special guest today, and I cannot wait to unpack the story of his life in some ways, but also his amazing attitude. When we first logged into the Zoom, all I saw was this smiling face. And so, JT, you already are emitting this amazing, um, I don't know, feeling. I'm just like, oh. He's so he's so kind and sweet just by looking at you. So let let me tell all the listeners a little bit about you. And JT Jester is an author, speaker, adventure enthusiast, and survivor who has a mission to help us see that there are no bad days, only hard days. He's going to give us that. His new book, No Bad Days, How to Find Joy in Any Circumstance, shares JT's against all odds story of overcoming countless physical and learning challenges. He ought to know this truth because by the time he was three years old, he had spent already 250 days in the hospital. That's astounding. He had 16 major surgeries before he was 16. Diagnosed with and am I going to pronounce this right? Is it Vader Vactoral or Vader Vactoral? Yeah, Vectoral Syndrome. Yep. Okay. Vectoral. Oh, yep. Yep. okay. Or Vader's. But yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I've never heard of that before. So that was kind of new to me. And so that as well as severe dyslexia and short-term memory loss, learning was nearly impossible. Yet, he defied the odds. And he learned to read and write, graduated from high school, attended college, and became a successful speaker, podcast host, author, and like I said, adventure travel enthusiast. So JT, gosh, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Victoria, thank you so much for having me and uh, for this opportunity to share a little bit of uh, about No Bad Days. Yes, and, yes. And, uh, what it means to me. <laughs> yeah, I want to start there, JT, because what you've done is no bad days, only hard days. You've kind of flipped the, you've taken the words and just interchanged them, not bad, but hard. Why is it so important to do that? And what difference does it make? Whether we say, oh, I'm having a bad day versus I'm having a hard day. Yeah. So in my life, uh, which you've touched on a little bit is, but is the medical challenges and education challenges, but, um, in the medical side of things, one, one time my dad came into my hospital room, I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And he leaned over my bed and he said, JT, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. I turned to him and I said, dad, it's okay. There are no bad days. There's only hard days. And we get through those. I think uh, the good Lord was speaking through me like that. But I think it's true that in life, it became a motto of ours is that there are no bad days. Every day is a blessing. Mm. there's always something good that comes out of it you have to sometimes 
work hard for it and get through those hard days, we all are going to have our challenges. We all are going to have our hard days in life. There's different things that can help us get through those. And in the book, No Bad Days, it encapsulates a whole bunch of people's stories and how they have found no bad days, but how they have gotten through those hard ones. And um, it's been a really cool learning experience for me to just learn from others. And my goal is that the book can help others to continue to learn. So, oh, that's awesome. Can you think, JT, of maybe one or two ways that we can get through hard days? Because yeah. especially we've got anxiety, depression, just feeling overwhelmed, just life, juggling a gazillion things. So what can we actually do? Or what did maybe some of the the, the stories that you told some of those folks, how yeah. do they, how do they get through totally hard days? <clears throat> so first off, you know, I have a few things in the book that stand out. And, um, and one of those is, is the fact that, uh, finding your tribe, finding mm. people in your life that are going to help you. And, uh, and I think that this is a really crucial, uh, aspect and, you know, finding your tribe, for me, it starts with the, my relationship with the Lord. And from there, uh, it goes to, you know, my family and my dear friends and, and stuff. And those relationships are so crucial in life. Um, the way I look at it is I learned it early on, you know, in my edu- or medical as well as the education challenges that I had to be more open with others about what was going on in my life. And whether that was a medical professional or um, who's part of my tribe or an educator who's a part of my tribe, I had to express what was going on. And, uh, and this taught me a lot. This taught me that with me opening up to someone else, that, uh, that it was beneficial for me. But it also helped me on the friends side of things too being open and transparent about what was going on in my life allowed them to realize that they didn't have to hold back around me and that they could express the challenges that were, um, that that they were faced on a day-to-day basis. And so with that, it became a two-way street and of communication and that communication is crucial, um, Mm. because it is truly what helps you get through those hard days. And, uh, and so, you know, create, you know, sharing your story um, with others around you is very important. And, uh, and, and being able to share that with people that you love and trust is, uh, is crucial. Mm. So that's a really good thing. And a good reminder for us Mm. on, we, we need each other when we're going through hardships and trials or having those challenging days. And being honest and frank, this is kind of what I heard you say, being transparent and just expressing ourselves and feeling that connection that is vitally important just for us as, as humans is, is very important. So what else can we do to kind of get through those hard days? So find your tribe would be one. Can you find another? Yeah. And and share your story. I touched on too. And being that transparent, open self, um, you know, helps with that. But I'll give you an example of, um, you know, I guess one thing that I always look at is um, 
Well, th this is a, an example of an individual who shared their story with me. Now, there's a lot of these in the book, but this one stands out to me um, because of the, the way the book starts and the way my life started. When I was born, and I was born with this medical condition called vectoral syndrome, and which is a birth defect that affects your GI system. It affects uh, your spinal cord. It can affect your uh, heart. It can affect your kidneys, which it affected me. Um, it can affect your limbs. You can have limb deformities. And for me, I was blessed to only have a few of these things. Um, and so at birth, I had what they call tracheoesophageal fistulas and, and perforated anus. And so for the first few years of my life, I had a colostomy bag. Um, and this is how I, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, that's where I went to the bathroom. And, um, and we joke because sometimes a colostomy, I think, can be easier than a diaper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, like, oh, we got lucky, right? <laughs> yeah. But my parents, um, you know, my parents were part of that tribe that got Aww. me through those hard days and um, in the medical professionals. But there was this letter that came to us when, uh, when I was born and the nurses gave it to my parents and it's called, um, it's called a, a trip to Holland mm. and, or excuse me, a, a letter to Holland and no, <laughs> welcome to Holland. There we go. <laughs> welcome okay. to Holland. And welcome to Holland is this beautiful letter that, uh, that Emily Kingsley wrote. And she, uh, the reason she wrote it, um, it, I'm going to share sort of what the letter reads and then I'll ex explain why. So she decided to write this letter after speaking um, to some families about what was going on in her life and what they had to expect. And the letter reads, um, you know, welcome to Holland. And, and so it's about this, her getting on this trip and flying overseas and doing this trip she's always wanted to do. And she had always wanted to go to Italy. And everyone was talking about it and raving about how beautiful Italy was. So she packed her bag, she had her itinerary and she gets on that plane and the plane takes off and they land in Holland or they, they land and the flight attendant gets on and says, welcome to Holland. And, uh, and she's flustered because she expected to be going to Italy and, uh, and she gets off the plane and she has to find new itinerary and new clothes and new language she had to learn. Um, and she didn't know where to go visit or see. And, uh, and so as she's figuring out these different aspects of Holland and she's realizing how beautiful Holland is itself. And it was a different ex experience, one that she didn't expect because she expected this beautiful trip to Italy, but she's finding the beauty in all the aspects of Holland. So she gets back on that plane and she takes off and she lands back home. And as she gets off the plane and she starts to run into friends, the friends are saying, it's, isn't Italy just so beautiful? And, and they're telling about their experiences to Italy. And she didn't have that experience, but she said, you know, I had found this new beauty, this new uh, joy, and that was Holland. And, uh, and it was this depiction, this letter of explaining the story of her, in her life where uh, she had expected to have a healthy born baby 
and her child uh, had a different avenue in life with uh, some different complications and um and but she found the beauty in it and mm. i think that that is so crucial that you find the beauty in everything that we do and because uh, there is there's always good that can come out of things um and so that is just one example in the book mm. of what what you know what it means to be getting finding the positivity and getting through those hard days yeah and oh. now now her son is so successful and, and on his own path and journey in life too yeah that's amazing and part of what i hear you describe is just that intention that we really have to make we have to be intentional about choosing to think really and and okay, this may seem really icky. Even your parents laughing about, you know, comparing diapers with your with your situation. They they didn't fixate and focus on the the otherwise challenging aspects, but instead they're like, hey, you know, they added a little bit of humor to that, <laughs> and they're they're just saying that's not going to get us down, that we're not going to sweat kind of the small stuff here. And not that it's really small stuff either, but, but I think, you know what I mean? It's being totally. intentional about, yeah, maybe this is a, a trial in my life, but gosh, there is something for which I can be grateful. And thank God we have a God and serve a God to whom we can offer thanks. It's not that we're thinking like the quote universe or something like exactly. that. We have a relational God to whom we're able to express and give our thanks and our gratitude. And that is so important. Sometimes it's hard to do that because we stay stuck in the negativity and we stay mm -hmm. stuck in just that maybe self-focus or self-pity or we it's all on us in a way but if we can shift that perspective and be outward focused god focused god centered what would he say about me here what does he say about himself here and what does he say about my scenario or my situation and we start focusing on those answers and those thoughts then then something miraculous can really happen and yes yeah, so yeah. that's so good. Well, this is, I, I can't almost wait to get to this part because you hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> and I'm also, I don't know if I can call myself like this. Well, what do you say? Adventure travel? Yes, I'm going to say I'm also an adventure travel enthusiast. I love and, it. Yeah, and I like to do adventuresome things. And so I'm wondering, I saw your video as uh -huh. you're, as on your YouTube channel as you're walking up and just, you know, these highlights. It was so well done. It was so engaging and interesting <laughs> to see that. But you did it in four days. You actually managed to do four days as opposed to the six or seven days, right? That's the first thing. Okay. So yeah. you're hustling up there. It's like, Hey, why should we take our time? Let's just bust it up there, I guess. <laughs> and, well, and so I know, I know that as you're hiking, you've got to, what were you really thinking about? And this is kind of where the rubber hits the road because some listeners or viewers are saying, yeah, I'm looking at a Mount Kilimanjaro in my life right now. That's the hugest obstacle. It's a brick wall to me. And so I wonder, 
you know, what were you actually thinking as you were facing that climb? And as you were, that's your bucket list, your goal to get up there. And what a wonderful experience that must have been. But what, how did you take those thoughts, Catherine? Did you have any negative thoughts or any like, oh dear, what have I gotten myself into? Or, oh my goodness, why am I doing this again? Or did you have anything that, or maybe I can't, or maybe I won't make it. Did you have anything like that going on, JT, as you were climbing? When I chose to do Kilimanjaro, um, with my medical background, um, I, I have no motility from the top of my esophagus down. I have the, uh, I now do not have a colostomy and I use the restroom like everyone else. Um, but I have to use, uh, I, I do a bowel management program every day to irrigate my system. So I catheterized myself and my belly button. I took my appendix, attached it to the belly button and then to my large intestines. And so I catheterized myself and put 500 cc's of a glorified enema that cleans me out. Yes, that's what I saw. I mean, I saw your bags of fluid (laughs) and I'm like, I know there's some relation here, but I didn't know. So that was just like a a filtering system for you. Is it painful? No, no, it's, it's a, it's, it's given me a quality of life. That's unbelievable. Instead of doing my, my bowel management treatment the old way, which, um, it required, uh, you know, different type of catheterization. And so, um, this uh, flushes out my intestines and uh, cleans me out for the day and is very helpful. Ah. But I had always, I'd never been away from a bathroom for more than 24 hours. So we had to figure out how are we going to do this on the mountain? Well, with my tribe, my team that we put together, we were able to do it um, with getting the supplies there and being able to do it. And so uh, we knew we'd face some challenges along the way, of course, with the climb, but also with at my added medical part of the aspect. Okay. So um, the first day we get there and we meet our team and the, the porters, uh, which in Africa, um, they call them porters and in uh, on Everest, they would call them uh, Sherpas. But the same idea, they uh, are there to help support you and carry gear and, and, and supplies and stuff like that. And they're the true heroes of the mountain. They are unbelievable. They, what they do and, uh, and what that mountain means to them too. So we got to meet our team and our tribe and we, we, uh, you know, went over a few things and then the next day we headed up the mountain and on the way up the mountain, um, the first night, you know, was at about 9,000 some feet, which really was, you know, ease of, of getting to and sleeping at. And then the following night, we'd get a little bit higher. And, and then the next day would be our third day on the mountain. And the third day on the mountain, we'd be going to an elevation that I had never been before. And so we'd have to be going, um, past this elevation quite a ways uh, to about 16,000 feet. So from 14,550 some feet is where I've been before. And that we'd have to surpass that. And for, you know, the human body, typically the highest elevation you've been to prior is what your body is somewhat understanding about Mm -hmm. and uh, to a degree. Right. And so um, when we hit that elevation, I happened to look down at my GPS and notice we had hit 
over 14,000 or right at 14,500 and some feet. And so it was a pretty cool moment. And, uh, and so we continued up to our, to our third night on the mountain, it would be. And as we were going, um, I started to get sick. Uh, and what I mean by sick is I had a very bad headache. And, and so what you do is you, you sort of sit tight where you're at and you drink some water and hydrate and get some food in you. And if it doesn't subside, you come down a little bit in elevation. Well, my headache subsided fairly quickly and we carried on and, uh, and reaching our camp that night. Um, we, we got a pretty early start to dinner and, and making sure, uh, I did my treatment and everything, um, because the next morning we'd be doing an Alpine start. So we'd be starting at about four o'clock in the morning to climb. Okay. And so we did our, my treat, or I did my treatment and it didn't go as planned. It didn't go as well as it should have. Mm. And, uh, and so I went to bed thinking, you know, what, it wasn't the best, but it's okay. We'll carry on. We'll get through it. And, uh, the next morning we wake up, throw our gear on and we start our track and we get to a spot where there's a glacier now the guides at this time of year, the guides had expected the glaciers to be out of there. And, uh, and so it was kind of unexpected, but we were able to get to that point and have to cross about a 30 foot section of ice. And we got across that ice and our guide said to us, there's no turning around anymore. And uh, we have to make it to the summit and down the other side. So we continued on. And as we continued on, um, I ended up getting uh, what I call a, a hot stomach. And this is basically mm. where I know that uh, my stomach has a bug or is, is uh, going to get sick. And so, as you can imagine, I got sick from that and that caused dehydration and accelerated altitude sickness. So there became a point where I was crawling on the ground um, literally, um, crawling on the ground in some areas and, and, and just trying to, you know, one foot in front of the other. So when you talk about challenges on the mountain and in life, how we're all climbing a mountain and, uh, and facing different Kilimanjaros in our lives, uh, at that moment, I was, uh, I never had any thought of it, of not having success and not making it there. Honestly, um, I think that I've just have had a positive outlook on it, even though I was sick, but I also knew that I had the best team around me too. And, uh, and so there was a point where I had a backpack on and, and the, the porters and, and the guides said, you know, JT, let's, we'll take your backpack and, uh, and we'll, we'll, you know, you can, can just climb with your body. And, uh, and I didn't want to give up that backpack, but. I ended up having to give up that backpack to make it to the summit and making it to the summit was this amazing experience I can talk all about too. But um, I think giving up that backpack was, you know, in life, sometimes you have to have someone there to help you. You have mm. to give something up to allow them to help carry you to the top. And uh, don't be afraid of having, you know, individuals in your life that will help you and, uh, and get you to that peak. Um, and so Kilimanjaro was an amazing life lesson in, in learning a lot of different things about myself and about God and about 
the mountain itself. So it was very cool. What did, what did you learn about God? You know, I learned about one thing was the people. I, I didn't touch on this, but the people that I went with, um, uh, Lottie Sloth and Martina uh, are two dear friends of mine. And they're the reason I did Kilimanjaro is because they encouraged me. And, uh, and I think that, you know, God has puts people in your life to uh to give you experiences and life lessons but also to grow closer to him and these two individuals have shown me that and they've shown it to me through a different way of life i'm i i love this adventure travel like you and uh and and that means you know just adventure in itself but for me adventure is in the outdoors and in god's country and so um that is where my life lessons have really come from is the fact that being in mother nature, I can connect and, and be with God. And, uh, and in those struggles on Kilimanjaro or other struggles that I've faced in different, uh, um, endurance sports, uh, those are the moments that I connect the strongest, you know, Mm. with God and, and communicating with him. And, and that's where the true power of that's keep going comes from. Yeah, that persistence and that endurance and that long suffering and the patience is all, it's all about what he's doing through us and his spirit. It's really amazing. It's hard to explain that and it's hard to articulate Mm -hmm. that, but I'm sure that many of us can look back on seasons of our lives and we're like, wow, I don't know how I made it through that, but we made it through in our weakness, God proved himself strong and, and our faith is so built in during those times. And I think, yeah, we do, we do get to know him so much better. And I was going to ask about, you know, I'm sure you were praying a lot in all those, you know, you're crawling on your knees. I would be like, Lord, help me, Lord, please help me, Lord. I want to, I'm getting up there, Lord. (laughs) Yeah. Pick me up. Let's go. Not stopping. Uh, It's such a, such an exciting story that you share. And, you know, this time, not past the time that our episode here will air, but I think if all things go as planned, as planned, JT, my husband and I will have hiked Machu Picchu. Well, okay. So I will say we will have hiked it or we will have, we will have seen it and maybe walked down it. We're still putting those Very details cool. together. But have you I been love there? it. Have you been there? I have been to Machu Picchu. You have? Yes. Oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> but it is incredible. Did you yeah. track up there? So we, we, I did it with my family and we, uh, we, okay. we, 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 did- Climb Huayna Picchu, which is the mountain okay, next yes. to Machu Picchu. Yes. It's actually the mountain that you see in all the photos. Because yes. um, Machu Picchu is where the actual ruins sit on. Uh-huh. Um, and, and looking out towards the ruins and then also the, uh, the uh, mountain that was Huayna uh, Picchu. But yes. just being there, incredible to see it all. And, and, and uh, you know, the nature there is unbelievable. Yeah, so you hiked up and back then so we hiked up we we did uh so there's you can you can get in there by train and sure. then from there hike from there so okay. we didn't do the full hike from uh from outside you know in this from like the city uh, aguas calientes or something like that yes, yeah yes, yep. okay yep. yeah so we haven't yet decided 
anyway, we're, we're just, but there are porters there too. So that yes. same, yeah, that, that same word. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's so exciting. I'm like, why not? You know, why not? And it's, it's just so fun to do that. So tell me this then JT, what is next for you? What's your next mountain? <laughs> well, my next mountain, um, I, you know, I have, I've, with these different climbs and things that I've done, um, I really have tried to connect them to uh, how can I help others. And so what I've done is, uh, is I have uh, started a foundation and it's called the JT Mesta Foundation. And it's a a foundation that gives back to children with similar medical needs as myself, Mm, as well as education needs. And then uh, the faith side of things and to Young Life, um, which is a uh, organization throughout the states here um and uh, something i participate in but with that i uh i have a few client a few of my own clients coming up and uh and so my next uh, fundraising climb adventure is a paddle boarding event that will be 61 miles of paddle boarding um and uh and, and here in I'm, I live in the Detroit area, so right outside of Detroit here. And then uh, another one is um, the Grand Canyon. There's uh, there's an event there that's called Rim to Rim. And so mm. we're going from one side of the Grand Canyon, 22 miles down through the valley mm. and up the other side. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go back to, so 22 miles that way and 22 miles back. And uh, these will both be to help support my foundation um and with some really fun people too so yeah so do do you how do we how would we sponsor you then is it like per mile per step or how do you know on jt mesta dot uh jt mesta foundation uh dot org that um has all the information of of these events and uh and also how, what the foundation does and stuff too. Mm, Oh, well, what about your book? How can we reach out to you or get your book? (laughs) No Bad Days um, is found anywhere books are sold. And, uh, and so you can pick it up on Amazon or on Mm. jtjester.com. And so it's a, it's very easy to find just by searching no bad days. Yes. I, I will put all the links in the show notes and as well, or in the YouTube description. So, you know, as we close here, JT, I just think, wow, your, your life, um, you're such a testimony to God's goodness and his grace and his favor really upon your life and you've you've taken the way God has created you your personality your desires just you've you've taken those gifts that how he's gifted you and you've translated that into actually helping others and could there be any greater sweet spot in life than doing just that to say, you know what, this is what God has brought me through. And he created you for such an amazing purpose. And now you're living your life on fire for him and for his ways and to help his other kids. And it's just so beautiful. I I'm so in awe of your, you're a young man and you are really, you're living a dream in so many ways. And I know the world would say, okay, live your dreams, but 
you're living your dreams God's way. And it's a, there's a different look and feel to that. So God bless you. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that your, our little chat is going to be inspiring to so many people. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show and for what you're doing and, uh, and spreading the word of the Lord and through amazing storytelling. I mean, that's what we talked about today too, is just how important it is to share your story. That's right. And stories matter. They really do. Would, would you feel comfortable praying for that one listener or viewer JT who may say, you know, yeah, that all sounds good, but I still feel kind of like ick, like maybe I'm not connecting the dots. Would you, do you mind praying for that person? Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we get to share together here to share about the amazing things that you do in all of our lives mm-hmm. and uh, and for just so sending grace upon everyone who uh, hears this message and, and sending them joy in their hearts and just letting everyone know that they are not alone, that that you're there for them and your people are there for for everyone as well and uh and finding your tribe and sharing your story and uh just being there to support us all and dearly father just watch over everyone uh, listening to this show and uh and just spread that joy amen Thank you so much, JT. This was just great. It was just amazing. You are the light. That's for sure. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share uh, my story. You're quite welcome. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.